welcome to the Past the Compassion podcast. My name is Jamie Wetmore and I am here with the lovely Allie Bortone. Hi, Allie. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? (laughs) I'm great. (laughs) It's always like the most awkward part. Maybe we should kick off with like a fun fact starting next season. Okay, I think that's a good idea. Um, yeah, welcome back to another episode, everyone. Thank you for lending us your ears for a little bit. Today, we're going to talk about Beyond Meat versus Impossible Foods. But before we dive into that, we just want to do a little bit of housekeeping. So just like last time, we are running the show in seasons. So this is going to be the final episode of season two. That's so crazy wow. to say it out loud. Um, yeah, about a year ago, we were just thinking about how to bring this to fruition. Oh my God, we were thinking about what to name it. <laughs> For like six months. Wait, I th- that was literally all we talked about. I know. We, I, like, I, <laughs> but it's so important. Maybe in a future episode, we can do like, our fun fact can be like our naming process. Yeah, and all the all the name lists that we have. Oh my there we definitely came up with like at least two hundred potential names. I'm sure. <laughs> There's no doubt. Um so yeah, anyway, amazing. Thank you guys for listening to us for two whole seasons. Um, Like last time, we're going to take a six-week break and we'll pick back up on Wednesday, October 13th for the beginning of our fall season. We are so excited to be back with you, but me and Allie both have major life transitions going on. So I think it's a good time to take a break and then we'll come back refreshed and ready to bring you guys even more content which we're super excited about as always like send us your recommendations or any questions you have or anything you want us to cover um we're always looking to do what we can to make this a place for you guys and provide you guys with information yeah we're super open to any feedback that anybody wants to provide we're always open to changing the format or the types of topics that we're covering I know there's so many different ways that people learn or different ways that people want to be able to listen to podcasts. So we definitely, definitely want to hear your thoughts. Um, Just another housekeeping in terms of last week's episode. We did have a little bit of an audio issue, so there might be some blips or loud sounds while you're listening to that episode. We noted it in the description, but just as a little warning and just a note that we are still working out some kinks here and there and we apologize for any inconvenience that that causes yeah we're sorry we do, we don't have an official producer yet so we're just kind of figuring it out and Allie nor I are audio engineers so we're just doing our best so thank you for your patience it's and all homemade yeah exactly Like homemade cookies that are just like way better than the store-bought stuff. That's us. (laughs) Made made with love. Yeah. Um, And then also, thanks for your patience also with this coming out a week later. Um, Unfortunately, Hurricane Henri came through this past weekend and we're going to... er, 
when this comes out the weekend before um and we were going to record but then my power went out from the storm and there was just no way for us to do it apologies on that thanks for your patience and so now that housekeeping is out of the way we're going to dive into our topic which is beyond meat versus impossible foods so our goal here is to explain the difference between these two companies and their offerings we're not going to debate about it we thought about it, but um, we decided it's probably just best if we provide additional information because I know a lot of people are curious about which one is better, which one is better for you, which one tastes the most like me, that sort of thing. Um, so we each took a brand and did some research on it, and we're just going to go back and forth and have a conversation about what we found. Um, so Allie, do you want to kick us off with like some general observations or intentions slash mission of impossible foods sure oh or of your company oh yeah (laughs) sorry (laughs) so yeah i had impossible foods for this assignment and impossible foods mission says that they are a company that develops plant-based substitutes for meat products The company's stated aim is to give people the taste and nutritional benefits of meat without the negative health and environmental impacts associated with livestock products. Um, The company was founded by a man named Patrick Brown. He went to the University of Chicago, and he has some sort of biochemistry background. So I didn't dive too much into that, but that is how... The company started and sort of the mission that it's based upon. Um, so does that sound pretty similar to your company, Jamie, or a little bit different? Yeah, that, it sounds very similar. So since Allie took Impossible Foods, I did Beyond Meat and their general mission. St- I, I don't think this is word for it, but what I got was their general goal and intention of making their product was They wanted to make a burger that looks, cooks, and tastes like a beef burger, but without the environmental and health problems that arise with red meat. (laughs) Yeah. So so very, very similar themes going on here. Um, And Beyond Meat was founded, I don't have the year, but it was founded by Ethan Brown, who is a fellow Con Call alum. So go camels. (laughs) (laughs) Some personal stake in that company for sure. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah. I did a little bit more background on the two companies and how they started. And yeah, the funny one funny thing to point out here is that both of their last names are Brown, but they are not related. Um, and <laughs> That's so they, crazy because it's such like a, a rare name. Brown. <laughs> Yeah, like I've never I've never heard that until just now. Yeah, it is funny. I I was listening to another podcast a couple weeks ago when we were thinking about doing this topic and the one of the women was like, "Wait, are they related?" Cuz that'd be <laughs> so crazy like they just tried to make competing companies, but they are not related <laughs> and at least I don't Oops, I just hit my mic. At least I'm not sure what the exact founding year is for both them but I know the video that I was listening to talked about them both kind of kicking off in 2009 with Patrick Brown sort of kind of 
starting it himself because he had the science background and then Ethan Brown uh, reaching out to a couple other scientists to kind of help kick off the research and kind of figuring out how to formulate the product. Wow, that is really fascinating. Yeah, the fact that they started the same sort of like at the same time, which was so long ago. It's 2021 right now. Yeah. Like if you think about that, the amount of time that's been invested into both of these companies. Yeah, that's 12 years. That's longer than I've been vegetarian, let alone interested in veganism and plant-based eating. So the fact that they were around back in, I don't know what, we should like coin a term for that era of veganism where the only thing available is like diet cheese and tofu coconut yogurt yeah (laughs) um like the dark ages of vegan eating it literally should be called the dark ages like (laughs) it was terrible i don't know yeah and that video said they're both vegan which i want to fact check and didn't know if so but if that's the case that's also pretty early on to i mean we're young so again that's our perspective but at, at least looking at sort of my mom's generation, I think it still was very taboo and, and very difficult to sort of just exist as someone who didn't want to eat meat. So that is kind of wild for them to start that journey so early. Yeah, I wonder. I always wonder how people get into this sort of lifestyle and eating pattern. I know, like what initiates the interest yeah because i think like there's what you find one thing that you're like oh that is really really captivating let me look more into it and then you like watch a movie or read a book and then you're like oh well i was interested and now i'm kind of like feel like i have to be committed to this thing because it's just yeah the the evidence is so compelling for the arguments that are being persuasion yeah definitely I, I think it's cool that they're both vegan. I mean, I would hope so, just given the fact that they make these yeah. types of products. But I also wonder, like, did they eat it every single day? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like, if they all, like, they probably get so many free burgers. Oh, yeah. Do they eat it every day? That's really funny. I also wonder if, like, Ethan Brown has tried Impossible and vice versa. <laughs> Oh, for sure. They got to know what the competition's like. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Google Girls at it trying to figure out if they're vegan. I can't find anything right off the bat. Go Google Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we dive into the products? Yeah, so Impossible offers... Basically, two different types of meat. They offer burger and sausage meat. And the different types of packages you can buy or bundles you can buy are ground burger, burger patties, frozen patties in six or eight packs, and then ground sausage in savory or spicy. Ooh. I think I've actually tried all of them. Really? I haven't. I don't know which sausage I had, actually, but I've tried at least, like, the ground beef, the burger patty, and the sausage. Wow. I've never... I've had Impossible in, like, sit-down restaurants and Mm -hmm. um, 
like the Starbucks and Burger King offerings of it, but I've never like made it myself. I'm not sure why. I just never really looked to those alternatives, but I think I'm kind of, I don't even look in that section of the supermarket because they used to be very expensive. Mm-hmm. And now I think um, with supply and demand and economies of scale, like they've been able to reduce their prices. Yeah. And make it more comparable to what actual meat costs. Uh, not that that matters for me, but I'm just kind of like, okay, I'll just have like the 50 cent can of beans. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's definitely a consideration. Yeah. What does Beyond offer for their offerings? So they offer ground beef, meatballs, Beyond Burger, Beyond Breakfast Sausage, Beyond Beef Crumbles, which I'm not really sure the difference between that and ground beef, but they're different products on the website. Mm. And then they offer sausage and they offer it in three varieties, traditional, sweet, Italian, and hot Italian. Oh, hot Italian. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Um, I thought the same thing when you said savory sausage. Yeah. Like these words are getting better that they use for these products. Yeah, very enticing. Yeah. So Beyond is carried in a wide variety of supermarkets. I think most mainstream ones carry it. I've seen it in Stop and Shop and then also local supermarkets in the area where I live, which is like Big Y and ShopRite. But I know those are nationwide, so it might be specific to your region of the country or the world. But you can also order it online and have it shipped to your house. And Ooh. you can, yeah, <laughs> and you can also find it in some restaurants. I feel like in my personal experience, I've seen Beyond Burgers available in the burger section more often than I see Impossible Burgers, but I have seen a little bit of both. Yeah, I'm trying to think where I've seen each one. I think I have seen, I had seen an article about Beyond coming to CVS and then I saw it in CVS. Wow. Which I loved because it was cool to think of that to be considered something that should be like a quick grab. Yeah. Just because I know like if I'm going to CVS, some of my favorite brands aren't going to be there. Yeah. Um, It's more of like if you're on a road trip or like it's open late and you can't get to the grocery store. So that was cool. Yeah. And I think, do you know if Trader Joe's carries either one? You're the, you're the one with a Trader Joe's nearby. <laughs> I was actually literally don't, just there, too. <laughs> I know. Don't rub it in. I, I was actually... I took a shower before we started recording, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, how lucky that Allie just gets to swing home. I mean, swing <laughs> by Trader Joe's on the way home, whereas I literally have to make it an event. <laughs> like, I yeah. have to plan my whole weekend around it. I'm sorry. No, you don't have to be sorry. I'm just saying. I'm, I I take it for granted, too, compared to you, because I actually haven't been in actually months. It's a little harder to get to compared to other grocery stores around here. I just went because we were um, already parked in an area that had one we could just walk to. So mm-hmm. just a quick in and out. But um, I feel like there's such a stereotype with Trader Joe's about who shops there. But then I was just in there grabbing some stuff and I looked at the creamers and the creamer that I like was a dollar sixty nine and I gasped. <laughs> like, 
that's so cheap. Yeah. I feel like I've been spending, I mean, considering like it's way, a way smaller product, but I spend, you know, six to eight dollars on like a thing of oat milk and I like the creamer better anyways. (laughs) So just stuff like that reminds me why Trader Joe's has such a strong pull. Where, where are you buying six to eight dollar oat milk from? I mean, maybe it's because I'm in the city, but maybe Star Market, Stop and Shop. The last place I went was Star Market, and I think Oatly was like above six. How much is yours? Oh my god, I was in the grocery store the other day, and now since we decided we're gonna do this about like Beyond Meat and stuff, I have been like super like eyes wide open looking at the prices of everything. And I was shopping with my mom, and she was like okay, you got your coffee and your milk. Like, are you done? Like, why do you, why do you keep staring? <laughs> it's like, I'm just like gauging the prices. You're like, and, I'm doing market research. Yeah. Literally. Um, mom, I'm working. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm busy. I think the most expensive brand was like Chobani and mm-hmm. Oatly were in the same range. Of course, those are my favorite ones. But they they were all under four dollars, I think. And if they weren't under four dollars, they were definitely under five. But I think one was on sale for like wow. three forty nine, and the other was like three ninety nine. But all, all I've never seen it above five, so that's why I was really startled when you said that. I feel like I've seen it far above six too. So that's. Definitely something we can report back on because, yeah, yeah, I just like have to get it if I'm typically I just don't have time for a grocery run during the week and I've had to jam it in and then I just have to get whatever is available. So oh, is Star I've definitely Market, been overspending. Is Star Market like a convenience store or is it a grocery no, store? No, it's a grocery store, but and it actually like it's cheaper than the other ones typically I thought, but the milks are a lot. Like the non-dairy milks. I mean, maybe they just don't... I don't know. I was going to say maybe they don't sell as many, so they don't. They have to like raise the price, but that doesn't make sense because if they make the price higher, then they're not going to sell as many. No, it's like the opposite. I was going to say, like I think they sell out so much. Because oh. um, I sometimes can't even find them. That's true. I forget that like oat milk is mainstream. Like, yeah. <laughs> eating plant-based, there are certain things that are, like, the supermarkets don't carry too much of them. So, you know, like, if they're out, it just means, like, two plant-based people got there before you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but then there's other products where it's like, no, like, actually, most people probably use oat milk or soy milk or almond milk mm-hmm. at this point. Or don't care about the brand as much. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, in terms of price for Beyond, what is it coming in at? So I didn't look at all the products just because I, that would just be exhaustive and I would just be reading prices out, which isn't very fun. But for two Beyond Burger patties, it was $3.99 for two. That's good. <laughs> it is good. <laughs> what about Impossible? I looked when I was shopping this weekend, mm-hmm. and I think it was $5. Oh, 
Really? Yeah, I'm like 90% sure. Because I remember... That makes sense. Because this was the same trip where I was staring at the oat milk and I was just like oogling at the prices the whole time. That makes sense because I'm seeing another pricing estimate that it's in Canada, but basically impossible is like two or so dollars more than beyond for the same. Yeah, that makes sense. I wonder why though. I am seeing a lot of stuff too about impossible cutting their, trying to cut their costs down. Mm -hmm. So maybe beyond was just coming in lower and impossible's attempting to meet that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I said earlier, I really do feel like these really high brand name um, I don't like calling it fake meat, but like meat alternative. Yeah. We need, we need like someone to brand this whole thing, like all these products. So they sound really cool and marketable. Yeah. Like I was saying before, all of these like alternative meats are, used to be so expensive and now I feel like they're much more reasonable. Like, um, yeah, for sure. I bought, so I actually bought the two pack on, I think it was... I think it was Sunday and I had one tonight for dinner and my mom tried it and she was like, wow, that's really good. It tastes like a real burger. And she was like, how much does it cost? And I was like, it costs $4 for two. And she was like, wow, that's pretty good. And I was like, yeah. I was like, isn't that like typically what regular burgers cost? Because I was like, I have no idea. She also asked me how it tasted and if it tasted like real meat. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I forgot what it tastes like. And, um... She was like, okay. And she was like, no, I think you can buy, like, a pound of beef, like, ground beef for $3, $3.50, something like that. But then out of a pound, you get four quarter-pound burgers. That's interesting. But it's processed, right? So I don't know. I am seeing that, too. Like, the average price for beef was... $4.82 per pound last year. Yeah. But I think the important thing to note there is I think that's probably averaging all types where people who are invested in health or are looking to get like free range or whatever. Yeah. Those types of meats, those are going to be more expensive. And $4 for two sounds very cheap to me for a plant-based product compared to if you're buying those types of beef yeah so I think it's in other words I think it's pretty comparable and really impressive yeah I agree it just like puzzles me because I know when everybody sees steaks they're normally like ten dollars or so but I guess like food is measured in how much it weighs rather than like the actual size Because you could make burgers and make them really, really thin, and they wouldn't be quarter-pound burgers. I really do think the big thing is is that, like, quality aspect, because I do remember, like, having that discussion when I was younger, going away for trips when people want to buy meat, Mm -hmm. and they're buying the cheapest option. It's, like, ridiculously cheap. Like, you, you... to the point where I didn't want to buy it because I'm like, I don't believe that that's quality meat that I can get it for that cheap. Yeah. And then like the the better stuff or like the brands that are kind of like spousing that they're more high quality are going to be pricier. So yeah, I mean, you get what you pay for. Exactly. 
I don't want to digress too much talking about me, but I um watched this show on Netflix. It's called Ugly Delicious. And there is this type of steak. Um, I think it's called Wagyu. And they treat these cows like they're royalty. And for like a small, tiny serving of it, they, they they're treat the cows are treated so well and like taken such good care of that the meat is so quality like they're the happiest cows and you pay for like a very small tiny portion you get like three or four like slices of it and it's like 200 300 oh wow but, but it's because of like the time and quality and effort that they put into it and like making sure the cows are happy and i've read different articles and listened to some podcasts that talk about um cattle farming and how the mental state of the cow actually heavily impacts the way the meat tastes yeah um and i like heard this really disturbing thing and i guess when they put the cows on the conveyor belts to get slaughtered they do it in a way where they can't see what's happening below them yeah so that they don't get scared because that adrenal fight or flight reaction that it would trigger in them if they saw their fellow cow getting slaughtered would make the meat taste bad Yep, I've read the exact same thing. So they, like, keep them unaware that this is happening until, like, the very last second so that the meat tastes better. And I find that so problematic for so many reasons. Yep. But so are a lot of aspects of the meat industry, so. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, alternatives. (laughs) Do you want to go on to, like, nutrition and ingredients? Sure, I think there are some important differences to note between the two companies here or at least this is a part where I think a lot of people focus on go off so I have the list of ingredients should I read it for impossible yeah all right so impossible ingredients are water soy protein concentrate coconut oil sunflower oil natural flavors 2% or less of potato protein, methyl cellulose, yeast extract, cultured dextrose, food starch modified, soy leg hemoglobin, salt, soy protein isolate, mixed tocopherols, vitamin E, zinc gluconate, thiamine hydrochloride, vitamin B1, sodium asorbate, vitamin C, niacin, Pyrox- <laughs> pyridoxine hydrochloride vitamin b6 rib- is it riboflavin i think it's riboflavin but i riboflavin. i'll never know honestly i always forget you know that thing <laughs> vitamin b2 riboflavin yeah and then bi- vitamin <laughs> vitamin b12 so that those last like six things that i read um the vitamin the vitamins were in parentheses, so basically they're adding those ingredients to fortify with those vitamins. Um, so the summary of that ingredient list is that other than water, the main ingredient is soy protein concentrate. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically using soys to get the texture and also that protein content. So they're processing that soy to be able to get that base of the burger and then basically fortifying with vitamins and minerals to make up for nutrients that are lost during that process and then also to sort of 
imitate the nutritional content of meat, I think, is one of their main intentions as well. Yeah. Um, I found something super similar with Beyond, and on their website, actually, they lay it out. So they their intention is to gather every component that's typically found in meat, which are protein, fat, minerals, carbs, and water, but to obtain those components from plants. For protein, it's not made of peas exactly, but the extract of protein in split peas, which I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> like, what's the difference between peas and extracting the protein of split peas but Mm. it just sounds like another process and then for the protein composes it is peas mung beans fava beans and brown rice and those all add up to give it an equal or greater protein amount than animal-based meat and then for fat they had this quote that made me lol which was that plant (laughs) that plant-based sizzle is all thanks to our fats (laughs) (laughs) like that's what they let it with um but their fats are cocoa butter coconut oil and expeller pressed canola oil for their carbs it's potato starch and methyl cellulose which is a plant fiber derivative and those are primarily responsible for the texture of their products and then for minerals they have healthy helpings of calcium iron salt and potassium chloride And those minerals deliver the nutrients that are typically expected from meat. And then for flavors, they use things like beet juice and apple extract to give a meat taste and color that most people expect when they eat normal meat. Hmm. I didn't read the ingredients list. I just took what they highlighted from their website. So there might be other ingredients in there that are omitted from this. I like that they break it down. Yeah, they're like, we're putting this in here to work as a replacement for this. That's a normal meat. Yeah. Which I found really helpful. Yeah, exactly. There is one, well, I think a a difference to highlight there is that Beyond Meat uses pea protein instead of soy protein. Yeah. So that is something that people sort of point out, especially knowing based on our past conversations, there's so much controversy over soy. I could see that driving some people to Beyond instead of Impossible. Yeah. The biggest difference, at least in terms of the research that I was doing, is that Impossible Meat has basically tried to imitate heme that's in real meat. Mm -hmm. So that's that ingredient that I read called soy leg hemoglobin. Yeah. So that's what gives the meat the sort of like bloody or Mm juiciness for impossible. So there was a ton of controversy over this ingredient years ago because it's considered modified and genetically modified however they make it yeah or source it so there was a bunch of controversy over like gmo and then specifically if this hemoglobin that they're making is safe to eat or not they also got into some some issues based on that claim where they had to sort of do further testing and and prove that it was safe to eat And that gets into a lot more research there. But I would say that's like a major difference that also people highlight between the two, where if you don't want to kind of get into that whole debate, then Beyond Meat doesn't try to imitate heme and doesn't have that ingredient like Impossible Meat does. 
What is your take on that? Just because I know you have a nutrition background. Like, how does that make you feel about the product? Does that make you personally more inclined to feel like you want to eat beyond more or? I'm very curious because, again, I think I would have to do a lot more digging on sources. But the one I was listening to spun it in a pretty negative way. Yeah. Framing the fact that, like, it was eventually proven to be approved as a, I think it's called a grass or, like, GRS food. Mm-hmm which again, I can't remember exactly what that means, but like considered at least safe to consume. Mm -hmm. But then they were like, but they did all their own internal testing. Yeah. So always going to be biased. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I I mean, GMOs, soy, those are all things that are very controversial. And I just get the same sense that people are going to spin that in whatever way supports their argument. So I'm not really sure. But yeah, I think the big opinion I would have there is that like, I appreciate them trying to imitate real meat, mm-hmm. because it serves their mission. And it's going to definitely get more people to buy this alternative because it's close to the thing that they love. Yeah. So I definitely support that even if maybe like personally, that's not necessary for me. Yeah. I but get- yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are, like, happy to know that it's going to have that same, like, texture and juiciness as a real burger. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, and you made a really interesting point. Like, I do think it's all relative, right? Like, they're trying to do this to imitate taste. And for some people, I mean, God knows what's in, like, a regular burger, (laughs) you know? Exactly. And, like red meat is so directly tied to heart disease and cancer and all these other health issues that it's very well established so it's like okay like pick the lesser evil here like (laughs) like if someone wants to cut out meat for health reasons and then they can have a burger that tastes like meat they're probably okay with like what what did you say the name of the ingredient was again soy like hemoglobin yeah like they're probably like okay i'll take my chances with that because they've approved it whereas like multiple studies like if the jury's out on that the jury's definitely come to a conclusion on red meat in general especially processed meat like burgers so it is kind of like the lesser of two evils so i i agree with you i think that's really important if we're going to like transition away from eating meat as often as a society it's important for people who are still gonna have these cravings like even every now and then i'm like I see a steak and I'm like, wow, that looks good. Like I used to really love steak, yeah. you know? So it it is important to be able to like fill those needs of people in a way that's going to be like, okay, well, I had a steak yesterday. I'm going to have this today because it's better for me. Yeah, it does say um, the interesting thing here is a simplified explanation of the process is that they insert the DNA for soy leg hemoglobin into yeast grow yeast through fermentation, isolate the soy leg hemoglobin, and add it to the burgers. Mm -hmm. And then it says that this process eliminates the need to harvest actual soy to get heme from their root, which means their method is more sustainable. So I think that's where like the genetically modified portion of it comes in. Mm -hmm. And another really interesting point that bounces off of this that I think is another critical difference between the two brands is that Impossible Foods did testing on this ingredient on rats. So mm-hmm. both companies' products are vegan or claim to be vegan, but technically 
impossible uses non-vegan methods if they're doing animal testing yeah so again i could see some people who are pretty stringent about that not wanting to you know eat something that's been tested on animals yeah i mean absolutely and i think it comes down to i mean the vegan argument is always going to have like a combination of ethics and practicality but i do think it's one i mean I totally hear why people wouldn't want to do that because they have done that testing on rats. But I also feel like if they did those tests for a limited amount of time and it was able to make like this product and then they don't do it anymore. Like, I don't know. Like, would you say like established in 2009, but vegan since 2015? Like, is that an an option? Do you know what I mean? That's interesting. Like the, it feels like a greater good argument in philosophy where you're like, okay, a few animals to save, you know, millions or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what does the least harm? And I truly don't know. I mean, I don't think animal testing is good, but it has proved beneficial for humanity in some cases. Hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Wow, that's really interesting. I know, right? So that, I think definitely when people are thinking of the difference, I I would say my summary is sort of like impossible is really trying to get at the heart and soul of meat as much as possible without actually using (laughs) meat. What? (laughs) Go for it. I was going to say, it's like they're trying to do the impossible. Yeah. I think yeah, both of their both of their names really kind of represent them too where yeah. I think people might eat impossible and be like, "No, it's impossible that this isn't real meat." Yeah. And beyond is like, "Okay, like there's meat, but this is going beyond that to make something different and and better and just not even not meat, but like using me as the inspiration kind of thing." Yeah. That's a really interesting point. Even though we didn't, like, I didn't do any research on this ahead of time, aside from, like, what I've seen in commercials. But I kind of got that vibe anyway. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this is, like, confirmation bias or something, but I really did feel that, I don't know, with Beyond Me and, like, the cow and, like, this cape and the green felt very, like traditional vegan like food that's good for you and the planet and animals right like they're glorifying a cow and their logo making it a superhero and then impossible is like has this red logo i think right i think it's green and white oh well the font is like a little harder i guess maybe when it's at burger king it's like in red or maybe i just associate it with red because i was at burger king but i don't know i just felt like it was kind of like a harder like more masculine branding if that makes sense yeah well I mean I guess I definitely get that from the whole like I want my meat to bleed yeah thing I think that's kind of undeniably goes along with that stereotype of like oh I want to eat like you know flesh meat (laughs) (laughs) right as I started that I was like I don't know how to finish this (laughs) thank you for taking that on why do you eat flesh (laughs) (laughs) such great t-shirts um um she I was gonna say something oh an alumni from our college made beyond me but we made these (laughs) t-shirts exactly like who's more influential (laughs) 
Wait, wait and find out. We still have 12 more years to catch up to them, so. That's such a good point. We're, we're <laughs> the ball is rolling for sure. We'll see how big it gets. Um, one thing I wanted to say about Beyond Meat, since you bring up the point about, like, I want my meat to bleed, there's, like, the impossible version where they, like, do everything that you just said to make it, like, look like blood. And then for the, <laughs> for Beyond, they're, like, we use beet juice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to make it look bloody. Like, it's just, even their practices, I feel like, are different. I do want to include a section where we talk about our recent experiences with these brands, because I think we both have used them or bought them recently as well. So just, like, when's the last time, I guess, two times you told me you had it. You had Beyond Meat at home. Yeah. And you had Impossible when you were out. And actually, same for me. So I'm curious how both of those experiences went. Honestly, like, they're good. I don't know. For me, I, like, I'm a huge foodie, but I'm not a comparative foodie, if that makes sense. Like, I love eating, and I really enjoy every single meal I have for what it is. So I'm not like, oh, this one's better than this one. But I feel like the only place I've had impossible... Maybe like a restaurant or two, but it was a while ago since I recollect having it at a sit-down restaurant. I think it was probably before COVID, if I'm being honest. Um, It was like Burger King and uh, Starbucks, and it was good. I mean, I definitely... The thing with Burger King is like, did uh, did Burger King ever have their burgers taste like really good burgers? (laughs) Like, I'm I'm comparing... Asking the real question. I'm comparing this Impossible Whopper... To a regular Whopper. And like the, like, I love Burger King. Don't get me wrong. Zesty sauce is amazing. If you haven't heard of it, get it and dip your fries in it. There is egg in it. But if you are lenient with that, maybe just try it once or have your non-vegan friend order it and just try it because it's the bomb.com. But (laughs) I digress. But um, yeah, like comparing like the Impossible Whopper to a Whopper. I'm like, okay, it still has this like one tiny piece of iceberg lettuce on it. And this one onion and, like, this bun that looks, like, deflated. Like, like I appreciate them for carrying it. Like, McDonald's, where are you at? But, I mean, it's good. It's as good as a Burger King burger. McDonald's. I know. (laughs) Come for me. Um, But I appreciate them carrying it. Like, that really makes me happy. And... Like, go Burger King for carrying it. But in terms of, like, what does it taste like compared to a regular burger from Burger King? Like, pretty much identical, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, And then the Starbucks sandwich was good, but I don't like eggs. And I had to eat the egg with the sandwich. Like, I was on a rush to the airport. Mm-hmm. The meat was good. I will say that I feel like Impossible does taste a little more meaty. Like, not fleshy but like (laughs) it has that like that juiciness whereas beyond actually one of the restaurants i used to work in the one in rhode island carried beyond burgers they replaced their black bean burger with it and it was really good like and i had an experience recently with it when i was on block island and it was it's good i mean i'm really grateful that i'm able to like have a burger that kind of tastes like a burger instead of getting a black bean burger every time <laughs> oh my gosh 100 I'm, I'm so over black bean burgers like try They're such game changers now that i think of it that way yeah like fucking give me something else 
Yeah. I don't want the pasta and I don't want the black bean burger. Like, what else do you have? I actually, like, think I put veggie burgers to rest a couple years ago. Like, I just simply did not touch them for, like, two years. I mean, some are good, but some of them are bad. And for me, it's not worth the risk to order it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just not. I'll I'll make them at home. Like, my dad makes really good sweet potato burgers. Oh, I know. (laughs) And he makes a lot of them. Um, But... Those are good. I want to just mention that right there because when I was staying with Jamie during COVID a couple times throughout that difficult year, Jamie's dad made us sweet potato burgers one of the first times and I was raving about them and they were so good. And then every time I came back, he made them. We had so many sweet potato burgers. He's like, sweet potato burger? and he'll make like one and he'd be like there's nine more for tonight and you're like um okay (laughs) i'll have it for breakfast i'll have a snack and my question is like who eats that many regular burgers like no one's making uh, like 15 regular burgers for four people It's exorbitant, but I mean, I'm, I'm. But probably way cheaper to just grind up some sweet potatoes and spinach and whatever else is in there. Sure, they were great, but they were so good. <laughs> That's so funny, but yeah, back to the point. Um, yeah, veggie burgers. Goodbye. I mean, unless it's really good, but you just don't. Yeah, know. like I definitely wouldn't say don't ever get them, but if you're looking for something to taste like a burger then I would say these are going to be a better bet. For sure. The only time I recommend like a black bean burger or a veggie burger that's homemade or restaurant made is if it's somewhere local that you go to a lot and you can try it once and be like, okay, I'm not getting this again. Or cool, this is now in my rotation of what I get when I come here. Otherwise, like if you're traveling, don't risk it. Like you want to have a good experience. Yeah, I usually don't end up I mean, black bean specifically, I don't really like, but maybe if there was another combo, Mm -hmm. I'd try it. I've had it. Oh, the restaurant I worked at, we had like a beet burger. Interesting. And it was okay, but every time I ate it, it made me sick. (laughs) Really? Yeah. And it's just like weird to eat beets because beets are kind of sweet. Like they're not really a savory food unless you like spice them. So I'm just eating like a sweet burger. Mm. And I'm like, this is weird. And then I felt sick. So I was like, okay, I'm never getting this again. And then finally we got beyond and like threw that shit out. <laughs> I was like, thank That's you. Nice. Thank you so much. Because uh, it was also an Irish place. So I could literally eat like maybe four things off the menu, including fries. So. <laughs> wow, that's nice to have that option. Then. Yeah, for sure. Especially like when you're working like a double or something and you're hungry and you're just like, please give me something really filling. I wonder if Connecticut College has Beyond Meat. I don't know. I'd be interested. Curious. I've yeah. seen... Oh, they should. I mean, yeah, that would make sense. Wait. But they also didn't really have that many alternatives when we were there. Yeah. I hope it's changed. Me too. I, I am curious. We'll do a deep dive next time we do a college dining hall episode. I do want to do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Any other nutrition facts you have? I don't have nutrition facts on deck, but I was going to say 
my recent experience with both. Oh, I'm so sorry. Of the meats were really good. <laughs> I'm oh so no, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I was just thinking about. I was actually gonna send you a picture because I had a pita from this place called Saloniki. It's in Fenway, in Boston, and they have impossible meat there. And it's been about a year since I like have started going there. And it's just amazing every time they have like an impossible meatball plate and it's impossible meatballs, rice, this little Greek sa- Greek salad, some kind of like eggplant sauce. And then you can also get that as a pita. That sounds so amazing. With, yeah. And the pita that. has like fries inside of it. <gasps> yeah. Stop. So I got that recently, blew my mind, ate it in like two seconds and then... A couple days later, we emulated that at home and made it with Beyond Meat. You were telling me. And it came out so good. I'm going to send you a picture to get your live reaction of this pita that I made. Allie, I think think we should, I don't know if we should make like a separate Instagram or keep it on our normal Instagram, but we should definitely do food photos because we're so good at food photography. <laughs> I have so many hoojis of all the food that I eat. Yeah, and I so I'm logged into Plant Party Comedy Guys, which <laughs> is what I started <laughs> because we almost named our podcast up, guys. Plant Party. So I was gonna make like a meme account, and I was gonna be responsible for the memes, and then Allie was gonna do the actual Instagram. Um, so if you want to follow that, go off. I'm gonna make more memes soon, but um. <laughs> So on that account, I follow a bunch of vegan accounts. And I'm like, these pictures of the food are just like the pictures I would take for Instagram when I was like 16. Mm-hmm. Like the, the lighting's not right. The angle's not right. The way it's like served on the plate. I'm like, this does not look appetizing. Food photography is so hard. The people who run accounts of just food, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could never wait that long yeah every time to get the perfect shot yeah oh wow look at that pita yeah those french fries look so were they oily they look oily but i can't tell if it's the hooji filter um they were i would say just like average oiliness okay they do look oily they weren't they weren't that oily Sometimes it's like but they were like so good. Wow, with the ricing, is that corn? As we made them homemade, like we sliced the potatoes. Wow. Made like um, tzatziki out of oat milk yogurt. Uh huh. (gasps) That's such a smart idea. Actually, I shouldn't have said that. We bought oat milk yogurt, so I had Oatly, but then Julia had Kite Hill, and the Oatly was, like, a little bit sweeter. Yeah. And Kite Hill, I don't actually know what that's made of, but it was more tangy, so we, like, traded yogurts, and it came out better with the that's other cute. brand. But, yeah, I mean, it tasted it tasted like tzatziki. Like, it was so good. Add a bunch of dill. Amazing. Mmm, this sounds amazing. Eating good over here? Yeah. For real. Uh huh. I love that. Those pictures are amazing. I really think maybe we could do like, I don't know, food highlights or something. I'm done. Because we, I, I mean, I just send you pictures of my food anyway, and I'm like, we could just post these. <laughs> yeah, you should. You. So, should we talk about the environmental implications? 
Yeah, hit me with the Beyond Meat one. I didn't bring any for Impossible. I love when you say hit me with. <laughs> like they, that is just like how it actually goes. Like it, they hit me. Yeah. I sit with it. <laughs> and then I respond. So Beyond Burgers are made generating 90% fewer greenhouse gas emissions than regular beef burgers. And this was done through an independent, so all these environmental implications, the University of Michigan in 2018 did a life cycle analysis. And if you're unfamiliar with life cycle analyses, it's basically when it looks at the whole from start to finish of the product, what raw materials go into the product, how those materials are then processed into making the product how it's distributed, how it's packaged, how it's advertised, how it, like, what happens after it's consumed, like, the afterlife of the product. So it's literally, like, start to finish the whole cycle. So that's what a life cycle analysis is. And from that, they concluded that compared to a regular beef burger, Beyond Meat uses 99% less water. Wow. Um, What? Isn't that fucking bonkers? That feels fake. But it makes sense knowing how much water goes into feeding cows. And also, like, um, flushing out, like, the soil that they poop on and all this stuff. And, like, flushing the, you know, you know what I mean. (laughs) I can't think of the right terms right now because they're so specific. Um, But when you take all that into consideration, especially because they're just using peas, split pea protein um it kind of makes sense beyond me also uses 93% less land than a regular beef burger also has 90% less greenhouse gas emissions than a regular beef burger and beyond me also uses 46% less energy to produce a plant-based burger compared to a regular beef burger um and yeah plant-based burgers they said in the study were are saving around 250,000 animals per year which is amazing life is life is meant to be lived okay (laughs) that's a lot yeah it is it's quarter of a million i'm certain this time <laughs> been practicing those. I've been practicing reading numbers. Um, and yeah, th- so this University of Maryland study, this is like a peer reviewed life cycle analysis. So that means like they have other academics look over it and provide, you know, the whole peer review process, which is very um, long and extensive, where people will like push back and be like, um, this doesn't look right. Like, are you sure? And it's, like, a major back and forth between, like, the art, the author and people who are, like, peers, academic peers. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. I love that they did it through a third-party study because, well, I don't know if it's third-party, but they, like, teamed up with them. But the fact that it's peer-reviewed, I think, says something more than it just being, like, oh, we published a study. Yeah. And, like, they just came up with the information and put it out there. The fact that other people are looking at it who aren't associated with the company, I think is a really good thing. Yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah, so those are all the environmental facts I have. 
Nice. That's really impressive. I'm I'm quite blown away, honestly. I'm really excited about these. Yeah. Both of these companies and especially today having found out that they started in 2009 and knowing that they just kind of I don't know, I feel like in 2019, 2020 more so is when they really started coming to the forefront. Mhm. So it's been a long time in the making. Yeah. They're ready for their their moment. Yeah, they're ready to shine. They've literally blown up and like um I also have some information here about the Beyond Meat when they went public. Um Oh, I'm curious if you want to get Yeah, into that. so their initial public offering was in 2000 May of 2019. Um and on the first day, shares soared 163%. Um I guess later they pref- like the stock slid a little bit, like fifteen percent or so, but still, like soaring a hundred and sixty three percent on your first day is amazing, no matter what like mm-hmm. stock it is. Um, and it said the company went public at one point five billion, but less than three months later, it was worth over fifteen billion. So that's like wow, a, it increased like ten times. I think. Well, let me do the math. Oh, I have to do the numbers. Never mind. It's ten times. I I, mean, I can't type a billion zeros right now. <laughs> like a billion worth. Um, but yeah, they like expanded. They went public at one point five billion, and then less than three months later, they went up like thirteen point five billion in their worth. Like yeah. that's astounding. That is astounding. That's blowing me away right now. I'm blown away, and I, yeah, I'm just like really grateful to see these things like coming into the stock market because that means they're just becoming more and more mainstream and prominent in society. And some I don't have any names off the top of my head, but I know some very prominent and wealthy people have invested in Beyond Me, which that would a, be good to know too. Is a good sign because. Um, those people know where the money is. <laughs> yeah. And they know where the market is going. So I think that's really powerful. They've got the connects. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, awesome. Thank you for providing those facts. I think we touched on most of the things we wanted to hit. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, a little bit. I was just going to talk about um how well I read this article because I was trying to see what like normal magazines and stuff were saying um and they people basically say I don't know if we talked about this before when we were just chatting or if we mentioned on the podcast but like burgers whether they're plant-based or regular meat are still processed foods and there are still major health issues with processed foods um so i just read this article and it was in woman's health magazine and they were saying that (laughs) you can tell when i get angry in my notes because they (laughs) said the subtitle was there's no need to replace your beef burger and then i wrote so fucking annoying heart disease is killing people and comments like these are being made (laughs) Yeah. Um, and their point was like, it's easier to throw a fake burger in a pan than to cook it and get creative with beans and tofu if you're trying to be vegetarian or plant-based. Um, and they, they mentioned in the article, this is what drives me wild, is the subtitle said, there's no need to replace your beef burger. But in the article, they say these quote-unquote 
meat products have the potential to be healthier than regular animal meats because they can be engineered to contain more protein, including amino acids and vitamins, while reducing the amount of saturated fat and minimizing the chance of animal-borne diseases like salmonella and E. coli, which again goes back to our pandemic episode where it's like, yes, there's so much more than just like what is healthy for you. It's also like this can spread disease. Yeah. Like why is this even an option? The fact that the subtitle says there's no need to replace your beef burger and then goes on to say, yeah, but raw meat causes salmonella and E. coli. It's like, is that really worth risking? Like, does it taste that different? Yeah, exactly. And I think we were talking about that too, like the minimalist sort of language that people get into with nutrition that then kind of minimizes a product to like one nutrition fact that's taken very out of context. Like the video that I was watching kind of just summarized these burgers, both Impossible and Beyond, as having enough sodium that if you are afraid of hypertension maybe don't touch them Mm -hmm. and it was like that it there are so many things that are being removed from that argument removed them from that conversation which is what else are you eating if you have hypertension why are you eating processed foods in the first place you shouldn't be eating meat in the first place like all of those things where with nutrition i think people who aren't studying it or don't have the time are looking for that quick quick answer you know yeah quick answer make my decision and if people watch that video and are like oh there's a lot of sodium I don't know if I should touch that then that those people are never going to even consider making a transition yeah so we always talk about this but I think the media surrounding these products can be so harmful too in that regard and yeah that I would have been angry at that article as well. I just get so mad. And it, it happens in mainstream publications. Like, this is Woman's Health magazine, which personally I've never read, but I've seen it, all, like, in CVS and other stores. Like, it's pretty prominent if it's, like, in grocery store shelves. And um, it makes me wonder if, like, these magazines are in, like, cahoots with the meat industry. Yeah. Do you know? I mean, like, I don't understand why you're going to write a review about this and then write in the article how it's bad to eat meat and then it can cause all these diseases and it can be healthier than a regular burger but then have the subtitle say there's no need to replace your beef burger like I literally was writing my notes and I was like but aren't regular burgers processed and high in sodium don't you have to salt meat just to keep it from going bad isn't unprocessed meat just like a steak like I don't know (laughs) Mm-hmm. And these are all things that it's like, I don't know. I think people, I don't know, maybe don't count meat as processed food, even though it is a lot of the time. Exactly. Because, I right, like steak isn't processed, right? I think that all meat is processed. Okay. Basically, like, at least when I was reading How Not to Die, yeah. he kind of lays it out very simply and is just like pretty much like if anything changes from its natural form to the end product, that's considered like Proce- processed. Okay. So most like most unprocessed foods would be like fruits and vegetables and even like a meat substitute made out of fruits and vegetables is processed and meat that's going through these extensive plants and like processing is a processed food so yeah i think again like people look at that as a natural food but it's really 
not necessarily if it's going through especially in the u.s like the mass production of meat here yeah yeah so those are just like my thoughts on that and it just i guess my if i can like have one message about this whole conversation is like be careful where you're getting your information from and like read past the headlines yeah i just it, sure. it's so frustrating and I, the new york times wrote an article and then i heard something on their podcast that was advertised and they were literally saying like it the new york times podcast never does ads if they do it's an ad for the new york times saying please subscribe or it's like like an insurance company or something i don't know but they very rarely have ads and they did an ad about meat and they were saying how they're cutting the carbon emissions of meat and how um the end of the ad slogan was like meat is what's for dinner and it's like why oh are you ignoring what like, the these heck? health implications <laughs> i'm literally unsubscribing from them because i'm kind of fed up with the way they skew it and it makes me really wonder like are these like news media outlets in cahoots with like big meat i don't know but i think it's worth considering if you know how much you have to pay to be on the new york times podcast for an ad like they literally well never yeah have of course ads. so of course it has me like really but you're trying to promote like other thing i just i don't know i guess no I'm that's definitely fascinating and so important to consider when doing research and looking through sources yeah and it's like i don't i don't want it to be biased like that's my whole point is like it's so hard to carve out what information is actually accurate because it's like talked about in such a way even if you do say in the article you have a couple sentences of why a plant-based diet is healthier than the alternative but then at the other time you're talking about why these other products don't quite compare someone's going to walk away from the article not really feeling the need to try plant-based products and it's yeah. like we are literally on the verge of a climate crisis like we don't have time to be like our have our pockets signed with these big meat corporations and have yeah. them like promote these messages it makes me so frustrated and I, I literally don't even want it biased in like the plant-based direction i just want good clean information objective information yes, yeah exactly like, and i think that's i oh it always makes me question because i think the biggest argument from people who are trying to kind of like poke holes in plant-based eating will go that route and be like okay but where'd you get your information how is that not biased and I'm always there's a couple like rebuttals to that or just beliefs in that sense which is one like the plant-based industries unfortunately do not have the massive amounts of money that the meat industry does so my inclination is to expect that they're not going to be able to invest in propaganda yep but the main thing for me is just and I think for you too just having done so much actual research into like objective research studies Mm -hmm. just massive amounts I always bring up how not to die but I just think that it's like an anthology of study after study after study after study and it and then like going to those sources as well obviously would be like ideal someone would argue like have you checked all of the sources that they cite but the bottom line is just like really knowing where your information is coming from and Mm -hmm. what stake they have in the bottom line exactly um and even that book like knowing that all of his stuff is like free and the the website that he runs is free and open source like 
those are other things that are telling me, okay, this person and these people that work for him are in this to actually like give out all the information possible and not necessarily to sell anything and also with the main point being health so like improving people's health and not you know I mean there's just it's just obvious which which sources are trying to make an argument and others that are just trying to spread information yeah exactly and I like I'm grateful that he puts all that information out there for free and isn't profiting off of it because if he was it would allow the other side to kind of point their finger and be like, okay, but this guy's profiting off of this too. So for the sake of that argument, it makes it better. But I'm also like, this guy has dedicated his whole life's work to (laughs) figuring out like what makes people healthy, like how not, how to prevent people from dying prematurely from issues that are induced by the types of foods that they eat. And he's not making any money off of it. Like he deserves to make money. His whole life work has been dedicated to this. He's written so many books. He's done so much research. Like I hope he's a tenured professor or something. Like I hope he has an income because like you know that the other side is profiting off of this abundantly. Exactly. And then if if people like that, people who are trying to spread the good information out there, the unbiased information out there, if they don't have the money, how are they supposed to then, like, acquire the resources to make their message louder? Yeah. It, it just kind of, like, you can't win. Yeah, and, and people are always going to poke holes in those sources as well. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to be skeptical and all of these things, like, never trying to shut down someone else's side. But I think there's certain ways that, I mean, same with lawyers and, like, the way that arguments are made. It's always about mm-hmm. poking the holes and, like the weakest part of the argument yeah and some of the videos I watch that are like propaganda for like the milk industry or something they'll convince me for a second or like a day or a week yeah and then I'll revisit it and think of all the other knowledge I have and be like oh well they completely left out this oh well they skewed this completely in a different way so this isn't like necessarily giving me the best objective view they obviously have a purpose here that is to like convince people to write off plant-based eating and vegan eating and oat milk and Mm -hmm. you know all those things and yeah maybe we should have done some research into impossible and beyond and what kind of responses they've gotten yeah i know because i think some of that's happening with them as well but you know what it is i think the meat industry is quivering yeah. <laughs> in their manure filled boots like I really I just like they're shaking they're trembling I can feel it like I really do feel like change is coming and they're scared so they're investing a ton of money resources people towards like making the other argument and it's just like frustrating for me because I'm like we're all human beings and we all need a planet to live on why are you actively yeah. Like, contributing to this thing. For me, it just doesn't make... Like, logistically, it doesn't make sense. Like, what do you think? We're going to move to Mars? It's like... Yeah. I don't know. It it just makes me frustrated. We come to this conversation every time of how, like, the bias is coming. But it's it's just so frustrating because it's, like, there's the sake of, like, for the competition of who's right in this quote-unquote argument. And then there's this idea of a conversation when we're bringing each of our perspectives to the table and we're thinking about what is best for everybody collectively health-wise environment-wise 
animal welfare wise, like in every sector. So I, it's like, it's not a competition. It's not an argument. It's not who's right and who's wrong. It's like, let's think about things a little differently. Like I will always encourage someone to question me and have a dialogue. But if you're just going to tell me why I'm wrong, that's not a conversation. Yeah. You've already come to your conclusion. You're not trying to have an open discussion you're just trying to like make someone feel bad yeah like have some compassion motherfucker exactly (laughs) another t-shirt idea also just a note on my language earlier i said minimalist language but i think what i meant was reductionist language like oh she's smart minimizing something to a simple fact that sort of like doesn't have the whole picture you have a great vocabulary (laughs) when I think about it for like a couple minutes it's fine it's fine any closing thoughts you have no I'm glad you brought up that discussion that was my other last thing that popped up today but I think yeah we covered a lot with these two companies and I'm really excited to see what the future brings for both of them in terms of maybe impossible going public and Mm -hmm. seeing them in more grocery stores and restaurants and I would love to like go to a dinner party in five years and just have it automatically be like one of these meets or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where people are just kind of like adopting it as the norm. Yeah. That, that'd be my vision. Yeah. I um, I went to like a Father's Day gathering and there was like grilling and my friend, the mom like was like, Jamie, I got you Beyond Burgers. And I'm like, that's so cute that you like Aww. thought about me like you're you're such a blue aura but <laughs> um like you're so that happened to me recently too I forget if was it with you I feel like someone made us like beyond or veggie burgers and I was like wow you thought of me like oh, before I, got I think that here? was that like thing yeah that was I, just so nice when people go out of their way to do that yeah but I, I also like the point. already yeah if that's like a norm at the barbecue that's so nice yeah but that's the point I'm making where you're like I would love to just see it be an option like something that's already on the table like yeah mm-hmm. like I don't want someone to be like I got this for you I want someone to be like I got this because it's good and I want to eat it too yeah that's a good point yeah good distinction there but um progress is progress we'll take it speaking of progress Thank you guys so much for a lovely second season. Thank you for your listenership. We love you so, so much. Like I said earlier, we'll be back on Wednesday, October 13th for a fall season. And hopefully we'll have our I Need a a Potion t-shirts out by then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can follow us on Instagram at Pass the Compassion. And you can send us any episode requests, any questions you have, anything. We're an open door. Just slide in our DMs. Please slide in my DMs. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Love you guys.